0: Welcome to RTAF Yes, welcome to another episode of RTAF Podcast Episode 101, thank you for being here This week my guest is the world-renowned visionary artist, Amanda Sage We talk about the symbols in Amanda's artwork Most notably the train and the egg How every artist needs a meme of their own meme meaning the smallest unit of an idea not just a silly picture with words on the internet although I believe every artist could use a meme like that as well we talk about obstacles and resistance along the path of being an artist talk a little bit about the energy of live painting Amanda's process and Amanda gets into her backstory a little bit along the way if you don't know Amanda where have you been Go check her out on Instagram at amandasageart and at amandasage.com. One thing I forgot to mention was the Vision Train. She started during the early days of quarantine. It's a 24-hour global art jam. Very cool stuff that you should check out as well. And a few announcements this week. We've got three. Count them three new patreon subscribers if you would like to support this podcast head over to patreon.com slash podcast where you'll find out more about how to do that and this week my newest subscribers are first is julie young julie is making paintings and murals out there in hawaii you can find her on instagram at art by julie young the second one is casey henderson is making hula hoops on her instagram go check it out find casey at jayzy cones jayzy dot on instagram i will put all these links in the description and the third is Alcyone. Gee, you can find him at Visionary Alcione, also making paintings. Good people should connect with good people. And if you listen to this podcast, that means, well, you've made it. You're a good person. (laughs) Oh, just kidding. I mean, I think you probably are, but that doesn't automatically make you a good person. But I'm not going to ramble into the mic about all that. We're gonna get right into this episode. Thank you guys so much for your support this week. Again, go connect with your fellow listeners, and let's get right into this conversation with Amanda Say.
1: Save.
0: Amanda Sage, <laughs> how's it going? <laughs> <laughs> is that, it? is that, that should be your catchphrase if it's not like already uh, for the vision train, right?
2: Choo Yeah, it's just like an automatic reflex that kind of comes up. Uh, it's definitely, I think a lot of people are on board these days with that, and I am consistently so. It could be a good it's a catchphrase i love it. i think more and more people know what that means like what does that mean oh the trains come and it could mean a lot of things
0: yeah (laughs) i think more uh visionary artists need need little catchphrases like that
2: yeah (laughs) well it's natural it's i think like style too um in general it's just something if you continue focusing on a subject on something you're gonna you're gonna like develop a rap a rhyme yeah. A sound, a slogan, uh, you know, something that people also associate with you. And that is a meme, basically, that continues right. to travel.
0: Yeah. And and yours is uh, for sure the vision train.
2: That's been a pretty major theme, meme, for the past decade for me.
0: Yeah. And
2: uh, it's a it's a journey that I knew when I first started to see it, um, that it would be something that I would be on for the rest of my known life I think yeah
0: yeah I would say that and and the egg are definitely what I associate with you the most in terms of like symbolism um so I want to I actually this is one of the questions I had in mind I wanted to ask you about the egg is is does that egg ever hatch or is it always just like The seed.
2: Well, it's interesting um, that you bring the egg in right now because it's like what came first? Was it the chicken (laughs) or the egg? (laughs) You know? Um, And the fact that we talked about the train before the egg (laughs) (laughs) fits right in with that um, subject because really, well, kind of the way I've been seeing the story is that the Train came out of the egg. Yeah. So, yes, it has hatched. But for many years, people asked me this question as I started painting the eggs. Right. Yeah. And I kept asking that question. I think even in the first year that I started painting them Mm. or saw these portals like and that I was going to paint portals also for the rest of my life, (laughs) you know, and it was the egg that gave me this kind of like container to feel safe in and um, safe to explore what wanted mm-hmm. to come through me. And that was really kind of the prayer that revealed it to me. I was looking for something, for a container that yeah. I could explore in and feel safe um, to let come through me what wanted to come through. So it was like a container for a prayer that wasn't like a specific thing. It was, it, it was a quest, right? Like what is the what is my contribution? What can I contribute? to humanity uh through this medium of of a canvas which is a portal
0: right that's interesting so so the egg came before the (laughs) choo-choo
2: but you know (laughs) gosh i don't know because i mean when i go back and in like the line of my life in terms Mm -hmm. of influence of this of this incarnation right Mm -hmm. is like the train is woven all the way through yeah and like i grew up listening to cat stevens Mm -hmm. tea for the tiller cat little cassette tape in Mm -hmm. my dad's car or like the peace train is a song that is on there that is celebrating also this is the 50th year anniversary of when that was published when that was released nice and um so and i'm not (laughs) fifty. Yeah, but I it was like a really common theme and like the train was woven that quest of like what is um what part, what role do I have to play? Um has been like in the meme sphere around me because of my parents and also the community that I grew up in. Yeah. You know, since I was a kid. It just then was given a container for me, like an association. I didn't see the train in the way that I kind of see it now Yeah. until I had had a certain like constellation of experiences and connections with people that I had experienced myself, that I hadn't read, that I hadn't heard about, right. like I, you know? And then I saw, I was like, oh, this is something that's coming still and it's gonna happen in our lifetime. It's one. It's the, one of the best ideas I've heard about mm-hmm. that I've heard of, and I'm interested in seeing that come to fruition. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Because I want to. I want to go. I want to be there. It's going to be a super historic moment, and uh, not just a moment. It's like an, It's an,
0: It's like an unfolding. It's a
2: whole unfolding of moments. It's yeah, a yeah. meta thing, yes. right? And we're already on it too. Yeah. So it's like a. It's like a puzzle matrix future past field of a vision that keeps my attention
0: (laughs) yeah yeah you know for sure Mm -hmm. um so something you just said there about kind of that the meme of the train sort of being within your sphere but it didn't really like crystallize until you had gone through you know x y and z experiences and had met people and listened to people Uh, that that seems to be like a recurring theme of of artists paths i think it's like we kind of don't know what we're doing we just know that we enjoy this thing and then all of a sudden after so many hours of you know listening to Terence McKenna or whoever it sort of like crystallizes for us um and i don't know that just that just strikes me as as interesting are there any uh any people or events or situations that stick out for you on that path that that were sort of like breadcrumbs to the the place that you're at now
2: yeah, there's a whole list of them. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, just you saying that inspires me further to document it, <laughs> you know, which it is some, in some ways. But, you know, the people, the influences, the characters, the situations. I, Burning Man was a really big one for me. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that was where I kind of like landed in a place that I knew I, I had heard about, right? but was so much more than I had heard about. Yeah. It was a place of like meeting that was kind of like off the books in a way uh, and full, like, you know, full privilege in a sense to be, uh, to express,
1: mm-hmm.
2: right. That was outside of the, the walls of the world that had been built before us, you know, so re- a real right. container of, of exploration and thought, leaders and um you know i i i think i met charles eisenstein there for the first time i'm not sure if i met rick doblin there Mm. as well for the first time but there are characters like this that i found myself on on panels with or (laughs) you know in conversation uh at burning man you know facilitated conversation that was really exploratory and inspiring yeah and um you know, Martina Hoffman and Robert Venosa, many, many artists that, um, you know, have been a big part of the visionary art movement and, and writers and like, you know, characters that are, that are really have been influential in doing major, major things, you right. know, and have been inspiring to the younger generations. Yeah. And, um, it, and, it was also Jim Shannon. I met, um, he was the, the general of the new earth army okay. and um he had there's a movie a hollywood movie called the men who stare at goats
3: oh yeah that yeah
2: maybe you've seen and, and jeff bridges plays jim shannon
3: okay like,
2: and it's a it's it's a lot it says right in the beginning of the movie more of this is true than you would think something like that yeah and um I I met him uh in 2011 I think. We I I heard him live. I was listening to Coast to Coast AM. Nice. And it was like he was a guest on there and I was listening live, which I I like to do because I love tuning into like the the field of live radio waves. Isn't... I guess, you know, there's millions of people that tune into that every night for many years. Yeah. And and so he was a guest on there, and he was talking about being on the Big Island of Hawaii and all this stuff. And I was painting. I was painting Pele, you know, preparing to go for the Visionary Arts Congress, the second one, mm-hmm. that was put together by Rio Gordon, and like brought together such like an epic crew of mm-hmm. artists and performers, and um, it was like a conference. And and I was listening to the radio. I hear about Jim Shannon and I just feel this impulse. I'd never called into coast to coast AM before. (laughs) And I mean, it's scary, right? And you usually don't get through too. People come get, get on and they're like, I've been trying to get through for six years. Yeah. And you know, and so, but they put, they don't even scream me and they put me straight through on, onto the air. And, um, and I got to, to share about the comp, conference and talk about visionary art and the, you know, the movement that I saw, you know, that, that and that Jim should be there, you know, as an artist and a visionary like leader, mm-hmm. you know, we would love to invite him. And he, I think he said on the air, he said the visionary artists are painting the signposts for the future.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And I was like, <clears throat> slam, right? Slam, yeah, yeah. Dunk. And we met him. And then I realized that like, he became my uncle. He was my uncle. He was my oh. adopted uncle, but distant relatives, actually, through genealogy. Also uncle. For real, so, for real. For real, for real. Yeah, Robert E. Lee. <laughs> we both have Robert E. Lee in our bloodline. Yeah. Way it. back. Yeah. But um, yeah, so you know, as an earth kind of like warrior, visionary, somebody that was like really looking to transform. Um Are The the way that we, you know, interact and becoming like these like light Jedi's of of potential of healing, you know, like he really inspired me. You know, it was through him that and others, you know, Mm -hmm. many, many other scenarios that I was like, all right, this is something that, you know, I find so interesting. And what can I do to contribute to it? I guess I can I can paint about it. I can explore through talking about it
1: yeah. and through
2: building this this story as something that is i like i see you and what you're doing and you're definitely on the train too i don't know how you see it like you might see a little bit of a different picture but it's um you know we're saying seeing the same movie shout out to Stephen brooks He's yeah. also another reason why I've seen the movie.
1: Uh-huh.
0: You
2: know, that's that's one thing that he says. Stephen Brooks is a is a permaculture and community builder. He the, he's um,
0: the part of Envision, right? Or yeah, he helped okay.
2: found Envision. Okay, and Puntamona. yeah, in Costa Rica, the, and Alegria and Ecovia. He's super into building community. Um, you know, uh,
1: yeah.
2: eco vi- villages yeah. and 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 centers where we can gather. You know, and we learn from each other because, I mean, this is ultimately what it's about. The train is ultimately a a sower of seeds of the genius of humanity, you know, to go back on the tracks that took us to the end of the Western frontier on a journey. You know, we go back on a journey of reconciliation, remembrance, regeneration, and leave a seed of awesome, leave a trace of awesome, Mm -hmm. you know. in collaboration, in like true questioning, investigation, what is needed here and now? How Mm -hmm. can I be of service?
0: Yeah. 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 Well, that was a very thorough answer. I don't even know what my question (laughs) was really. Um, we were just talking about the train. I'm trying to, to make sure that I'm on track. Um, uh, and yeah, I do think that I'm on the train. I think that like, if you're If you're, if you're being creative in the world and you have good intentions and good actions, then you're on the train Mm
1: -hmm. because
0: you could be doing literally anything else with your time, you know, you could be, I mean, and I, I'm guilty of this a lot. Like you could be distracted on your phone, just sort of consuming, uh, you know, consuming whatever it is that's being pointed your way. Or you could be, you know, you could just be, I don't know. Even if you're doing small little creative things, um, I think it's important to to cultivate that all the time, you know? And that's part of what this uh, podcast is about, I think. Like I was saying, like, start doing something because... It feels good and you like it, but then it turns into this actual purpose behind it. And I think part of the purpose is is to uh, low-key convince anyone listening that they are actually an artist as well or that they are a creative person and that that'll bring uh, just so much enrichment to your life and you can enrich the lives of other people if you think creatively. You don't necessarily have to be like, I'm a painter or I'm a this. You don't have to completely identify with it. You don't have to tell a story necessarily. But just as long as you're paying attention, you know, there's a lot of awareness that goes into creating a piece of art. And that's kind of what I want to put out there um, in no uncertain terms. Because with painting, you know, people can just they can look at it but they sort of make up their own story do you know what i mean but having words it's sort of like well you can't really misinterpret what i just said i'm sure you could but anyway now i'm rambling um yes so i i wanted to talk about um your your childhood and like your your upbringing and it's been a while since we've talked but if I remember correctly, you had a pretty unique upbringing compared to most of like modern American society. Um, Did you ever feel like a weird kid when you were growing up?
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's a great question. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. I did feel like a weird kid at times, but I also, yeah. And I think when that, that moment happened, uh it kind of crumbled something in me.
3: Mm.
2: Something I had, like I something got dimmed, I think. Really. And uh that was like a a kind of freedom that had been facilitated for me in my younger kind of like childhood.
1: Mm-hmm. And it was
2: like when I when I went into school and we went through a big move when I was nine years old. Mm. and that kind of like shifted a lot for me and um but i eventually found my way back yeah but i i was lucky to be homeschooled for some of my uh childhood and had like a really nurturing kind of media free environment to play and be creative and um yeah you know i think um there's a lot of like fun and, and, and freedom that I had rather than being kind of confronted with, or pressured, I guess, into, um, things that were, I don't know, uh, distracting maybe from me kind of like developing, create my own creativity and access to it through play, you know, Mm -hmm. like healthy, healthy play. I mean,
0: Mm. So it started like you were, you were homeschooled for the first several years.
2: Yes, I was homeschooled. Actually, I did go to one, I did go to a Waldorf kindergarten in Mm -hmm. South Florida. Um, and then also I was born in Denver, Colorado. Um, but we lived in South Florida then like a year after I was born until I was nine. And, um, And I went to a Waldorf kindergarten there and then also went to, then we uh, moved to Pennsylvania when I was in first grade and went to the Kimberton Waldorf school for first grade. Then I was homeschooled for two years in Florida. And then we moved to Boulder, Colorado. And that's where I did the rest of my schooling in the Waldorf school, shiny mountain Waldorf school in Boulder. And um, I did go to Germany when I was 15 as I think one of the first American exchange students at the first Waldorf School
3: oh,
1: wow. in
2: Stuttgart, Germany. And I got to live there and be there for seven months, which was a really incredible experience. It was the biggest school I'd ever been in. Mm-hmm. And um at all anthroposophical architecture and like a really kind of fascinating experience. Yeah. So Waldorf schools have been a big have been were like my major um like foundation in terms of like schooling mm-hmm. um and uh i didn't go to university after either although i was accepted into the pratt institute and also the chicago art institute oh nice um which both were very interesting to me and i went and visited mm-hmm. but i ended up on a totally different path right um well, off of there but
0: good yeah. for you on not actually going to college as someone who went to college. And, and yeah, now I I still have a little bit of debt that I'm paying off. Um, You know, I have that really useful degree in psychology um, that's really (laughs) not doing much for me. I guess, you know, um, that's kind of my own fault. But I wanted to, to sort of clarify what the Waldorf School is uh, and talk maybe a bit about um the the founder Rudolf Steiner mm-hmm. That is his name right
2: Yeah okay mm-hmm. Yeah the Waldorf school is an international movement that just celebrated its 100 year anniversary actually in 2019 um and it was originally created as a school for I think the employees of a of a cigarette factory or something <laughs> Cigar factory in Germany. Interesting. Uh, and the owner of it was interested or knew Rudolf Steiner, and he and commissioned him to create this program. Um, and it's really, you know, Steiner is a mystic and a visionary, and many in all kind of like um, liberal arts realms and science too. I mean, the man is 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 a deep well mm-hmm. of. Of uh, information, <laughs> yeah, I guess. Uh, and in the Waldorf school, like I, I actually, you don't really get presented with a whole lot of his work. It's more his kind of like philosophy around like the spiraling nature
1: mm-hmm.
2: of um, the development of a human being, which is a really beautiful concept. So it's like the children are are received. You know, in a very like imaginary, uh, you know, evoking, you know, really the like the the mineral realm and the
1: mm-hmm. plant
2: realm and the you know it's a it's a it's a really beautiful environment with a lot of song and dance and movement and um, drawing a lot of artistic expression.
1: Nice. And
2: then you move through a block system that um, has like a um, a way of like uh illustrating and integrating a story that I, is is pretty void from what i know of the public school system yeah so you you make your own textbooks instead of um learning or, or like learning from them yeah and like you draw like a table of contents you know and your essays are then before they're written nicely in your book if they're corrected by your teacher you know, so you're learning multi-layered learning.
3: Yeah, yeah.
2: And I think like I got really into it was in seventh grade. My teacher was extremely enthusiastic, an amazing human being,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and and like a real, um, yeah. I think like Don Deal. Shout out to you, my love. Yeah. You know, like she really like planted seeds of in all of us of like real encouragement.
1: Mm-hmm. You know
2: that that we were capable. And that if we were willing, you know, and if we, you know, we put our focus into it and um, and it was through her and her passion for the artists of the Renaissance. Oh, nice. And and it was in seventh grade that she presented, you know, all these works to us. And then we had to do copies. You know, we would choose we choose one of these artists to study. I remember choosing Botticelli <laughs> and I was so wow. in love with Botticelli. And having the experience to first try and copy, like a Leonardo da Vinci drawing, you know, there was something that went like through my body, like an electrical surge, and it yeah. wasn't just me. I it was a small group of us that were really into it, you know. And you kind of help each other, you know, that that kind of um, group dynamic of competition,
3: yeah,
1: yeah, also
2: really drove us, right? You know, to like. Well, I spent six hours on my drawing.
3: Mm-hmm. You know,
2: like that was a big deal.
3: Yeah, know? yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: And and those are all colored pencils. I didn't actually touch paint until I was in, or like like acrylic paint was when I was in high school.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And um, my first, my teacher in high school was the was was a fantastic uh, realist <sighs> artist, Hikaru Hirata.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, Yeah, and, yeah. I yeah, we
2: came when I was, I think, in 11th grade. That's and, so um, crazy.
0: I mean, it's things like that that, uh, it, you know, that just seems like destiny to me. I don't know how else to say it. Uh, yeah, but sorry, go ahead.
2: <laughs> yeah, so Hikaru, actually, I just found out um, that it was like a few months ago or mm-hmm. sometime recently that Martina was actually um, – going to take on that position martina hoffman really at the Waldorf school yeah. but then she wasn't able to she she declined and suggested hikaru who was friends with with martina and robert mm. and the the high school was brand new i was in the first graduating class at the shiny at the Waldorf school there
1: mm-hmm.
2: and um and so he you know it was a it was, a, it was an experiment really like yeah. we were very involved like my class was very involved with the development of the school at the time too and um uh he uh hikaru had his studio in in the classroom it was awesome
3: oh nice
1: and so
2: he really like saw something in me and he saw like an interest and a curiosity and he really like pushed me gently <laughs> you know, to, to explore, could, to explore my art more. And it was through him that I saw the first, for the first time, I saw Ernst Fuchs's work. Mm. I saw Robert Venosa's work, mm-hmm. Martinez, Marty Clarvine, um, all these artists. Yeah. And I, I have to be honest, I probably wasn't paying full attention because I was interested in a lot of other things as well at the time, uh-huh. but I was, it was it was there i was paying attention i mean I, it wasn't like i saw the these artists and was like oh i'm gonna go seek them out right i actually met um phil jacobson who was living in boulder mm-hmm. and was working with the NeuroPA institute um through another man sam bull at the time when i was like probably in 12th grade and yeah. um i had an interview with phil and i was like you know that was my gateway, actually, into going to work with Michael Fuchs. Okay. So it's like there is a lot of like little uh, moments and synchronicities along yeah. the way that have very much felt like destiny, you know.
0: Nice. So.
2: And where I responded, you know, I was like, okay, right, yeah, seems like a good way to go. I'll go. Yeah. I'll show up.
0: Yeah. I usually, I haven't asked this question in a long time because sometimes it's a dead end and. Um, I think a lot of, but I think it's a pretty fertile, uh, topic. Do you believe in free will?
2: <laughs> I do. Yeah. I don't, I do. Mm-hmm.
0: But like, so all those little things like along your path that you had no control over, you know, that's, i but
2: I've, I've, Think about the junctures though, Uh you know, where you, you, you were the one that decided to go that way or that way.
0: That's true. I suppose. Yeah.
2: You know, or where could it come from? It could come from, you know, a deeper, but there's times, I think we go in a general direction, Mm -hmm. right? That is maybe predestined in some way, Mm -hmm. right? That we are tuned towards or... But along the way, there can be things that can jolt that extremely,
3: mm-hmm. yeah,
2: in some way or another. But I think there's out of like the multi-dimensional reality that we're in. There's like a formula that keeps unfolding that could be considered destiny in many directions.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah i I think it's kind of a paradox. I don't think that like, yeah. like free will, determinism, you know, that's like, that's sort of asking someone to choose between um, science and religion or, or you know, Republican or Democrat or whatever. I think it's more like some sort of interplay between like agency that we all definitely have. My problem with it is that the, the word free to me, mm-hmm. it, implies like completely Mm -hmm. like forging your destiny when like to be able to make the decision that fulfills whatever um positive thing that might happen you have to have like a lot of you have to have some sort of necessary like experience and knowledge and the ability to call on that knowledge in certain situations and where does that come from that comes from other experiences in your life and i don't know but now that's getting maybe a little too too far down the rabbit hole but
2: it's well in that we're not totally free i agree Mm -hmm. you know like because we identify mostly as these personalities and through all of the things that have made us to be in the you know the consciousness that we are now so Right. you know their true freedom happens when we when we you know when cross. we go there
0: yeah yeah when we cross over yeah yeah do you think okay so this just popped into my head do you, do you think about that a lot like what do you think death is like <laughs> this is like getting kind of weird but let's see where no, it goes no it's not weird at all okay sweet like,
2: It's actually like, I've got to actually, I feel like I have, no, no, it's not a lot of death around me right now in my, in the studio, but it's like, oh, it's a portal. It's another Mm. portal. Right. I think it's, it's, I have been thinking about it more. My uncle just passed over, Mm. um, last week or maybe a week and a half ago now. And, um, other, other people, you know, there's been a lot of passing in this past year, And I I mean, the older we get, the more people we know, the more people transitioning. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't feel afraid of it. I don't feel uh, confused about it. I don't feel like I want it to not happen.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: You know, I think that it's like a, I think it's a beautiful, natural thing. And I think it's something that actually we need to get more connected to because there's a lot of, um there's a lot of like powerful energy in the, you know, arrival and departure from this plane Mm
1: -hmm.
2: and being with people and being like open really to, to exploring, exploring that, what that, what that is. You know, I think, I think there's a lot of like society that is trying to, um, keep us uh, disconnected from that you know it's like Uh the eternal young Mm -hmm. eternally young kind of like fascination and like um but the 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 time of transition i mean it's absolutely it's the greatest mystery right (laughs) right
3: yeah yeah
2: as much as we i love listening to like near-death experience
3: yeah uh,
2: stories and i think a lot of people have had incredible revelations you know, through that, which is one of those key places of um, that has jolted people into a state of more appreciation of life. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And we should listen to them more. Like, I'm really interested in their in, in those kinds of stories. Like, those stories really fuel. Um, I feel like a lot of my my work, you know, is like experiences tales from the other side yeah you know and you can reach that other side also through other ways right Um,
0: right if i mean if it's anything like the dmt flash it's gonna be pretty pretty cool um and what a lot of people don't talk about um in that regard to dmt is how it feels and Mm -hmm. i always think that it feels just like for me at least such a big relief like a giant weight has been lifted for a little bit and then you know you go back um into life and you're like you start worrying or or thinking about this and that and you just have the the thought you know the thoughts kind of come back in and um yeah if, you know, Ramdas said, What do you say? It's like taking off an old shoe or a tight shoe. And mm-hmm. so I always try and keep that in mind. And uh, I try not to give in to fear around it. Um, although I totally understand like why why anyone would be afraid of it, because it's like it's ostensibly the end, but I kinda don't think that it's totally the end, you know, just like, a, just like, I don't know. It's like graduating from high school or something.
2: (laughs) I was just about to say graduating, Nice. you know? Yeah. And I think in that, like, actually this time of year that we're in right now, you know, we're in the, we're past the Selene, we're going towards the winter solstice. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, there's this, you know, the day of the dead was just, um, earlier this week or last week. Mm-hmm. And uh, Halloween, right the, And so that, that that time is like really where we're thinking of the ancestors. you know, we're feeling the fecundity, you know, the, how it's um, the dissolving. Yeah of the of the being, right? And there's something in that that psychedelics has has given me within uh, like uh, moments flashes. Yeah. Of a smell and the feeling in my body and a feeling that is this kind of like full, it's like de- decomposition
1: mm-hmm.
2: into something that does kind of like bloom again. You know, it's a constant like blooming and dissolving and blooming and dissolving, you yeah. know, and there's, 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 um, yeah, there's a kind of smell to it. <laughs> I, I, a lot of things I, I, associate a lot with color, but I associate a lot with smell, like memories too. Yeah, and yeah. also, um, like, uh, deja vus come, come to me a lot that way as well. Yeah. And, um, that's a, it's a, it's a space to pay attention, you know, and there's something about like seeing oneself and seeing one's environment and life and mourning and grieving the losses you know and sitting with that and feeling like the the brokenness or all of the i don't know ways that you could see that it's that it's where there's where there's sadness because there yeah. is sadness
3: mm-hmm. you know
2: in so much and then being able to see that not turn away from it yeah you know and drop into a kind of gratitude uh, is, is, uh, I don't know. It's very, very nourishing.
0: Yeah. I was going to say that, that that grief and that sadness and all that emotion is a fertile ground for a lot of things. You say gratitude can like spring up out of that. But I think even like, and you also mentioned this, like can serve as a reminder to just go full throttle with your own life and do what you want and you can even use it for fuel if you're creating something Um, I think that that sometimes just those really intense emotions and they can be they can be negative or positive but just that whole act of like taking that and feeling it and just feeling those feelings while you're at the easel or while you're making music or writing, or speaking, or whatever it is that you do, or even cooking dinner, you know. You sort of, um, it's that old word, transmute. You sort of, those emotions can go through a transmutation, and you can create something super cool out of it.
2: I think it's also what, if we can over, if we can channel that energy Mm -hmm. into getting us to actually start something you know while you're in it that's one thing but i think our biggest hurdle is to actually get into it Mm -hmm. to actually pick up that brush and actually make the mark to actually put the pen to paper and i think we all struggle with that threshold right yeah and it's something that like feeling um the 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 worthiness the value the the pulse to actually become active
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know and then once you're in that it's like the biggest trick you know the um uh the art the the what is it the war of art
0: yeah stephen pressfield
2: stephen pressfield i mean that's all he talks about really in there in many different from many different angles you know the resistance mm-hmm. and how often that appears and how that is one of the biggest obstacles um for us it's a tool Mm -hmm. to resistance right Mm -hmm. it is a part of the process yeah like in the first dimension is the prayer you know and then comes resistance
3: yeah Yeah, you know
2: it's like it's a law it's actually a law of within creation right and you know yeah
0: i'm glad you brought that up um because one of my questions was going to to I I wanted to ask you about like friction or resistance that you've faced or maybe you still face it can be something huge or it can be just like smaller things Uh, but just something like that that you faced on the art path or even in your day-to-day
2: I face it all the time (laughs) yeah (laughs) you know from so many different angles in so many different ways Mm-hmm. And it continues to change, like its color and its form, like the way the <laughs> way resistance dances with the way it dances with me, and I, uh, you know, I think it's something that as I it, it as as my light, as my my work, my my field expands,
0: mm-hmm.
2: so does the resistance.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's like the knowledge, um, it's like that knowledge thing, like the more, you know, the more, you know, that you don't know. Right.
2: Yeah. (laughs) There's, there's something very real to that. And I'm, I think as uh my, my personal experience has been, um, yeah, fascinating, I guess, you know, it feels very personal to even, you know, talk about it because Mm -hmm. it's something that is, um, Yeah. It's something that I struggle with every day. Yeah. You know, and I think it's the, one of the biggest struggles is, is learning to accept myself and to love, you know, to love myself. Mm -hmm. Um, Which I think as more and more as the work and the stories and the, and the visions and the, the, you know, the gifts compound and, and, and multiply Mm -hmm. there's also like a void that multiplies in some way yeah that is that that you have to sit with and like i think there's a pressure too, and a fear of not actually being able to really follow through yeah and so and it's like and and the thing is is you never stop learning you never stop having to learn and if you do then you really get like in a mess,
1: Mm, you know,
2: and there's that feeling of like building something where the walls are just going to crumble, right. Or the rug's going to get pulled out from underneath you. And I feel this pressure as a, as an artist, Mm -hmm. like a a professional artist doing this for many years and being at a point now where I'm kind of like mid career, I guess, or Mm -hmm. I, who knows how long I'll be around, but, it's like it's the the pressure of um, expanding into new, even greater responsibility mm-hmm. and organization, <laughs> and um, you know, knowing where your boundaries are, and really choosing wisely of where you want to put your energy. Yeah, and not letting others um, <laughs> hijack your energy because of because they 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 want to include you that's been a huge problem for or challenge for me not a problem I mean, yeah, it's yeah. like an incredible gift to be blessed with so many connections and connect to so many people and very cool people and projects but like yeah. you can't do everything and even i you know to do everything that you come up with you know <laughs> then you said uh, right. like i'm classic like aries let's start things yeah, yeah yeah but learning how to operate and maintain them you know create real strong foundations so mm-hmm. that they can flourish mm-hmm. that's that's a huge learning curve yeah. for me right now you know and I'm I'm I feel like I'm I'm capable and sometimes I feel like I'm not you know sometimes I fall into the into the illusion that I'm that I that I don't like. I'm. I'm not. I don't have the skills in that area or that area. You know, mm-hmm. where in many ways it's like a thing that a talk that we tell ourselves. Yeah. You
3: know? yeah.
1: Yeah. We
2: define. We put ourselves in a box. You know. So it's like to take the time to step back and to slow down has actually been a real challenge for me, and mm-hmm. I'm kind of in the midst of that right now and reflecting To what, like the past 20 years of adventure and the past 10 years of like major touring, kind of like all over the world. And then the past year and a half, two years of like major online like investment and like starting a nonstop global art jam Mm -hmm. 24 (laughs) seven. I mean, that literally created something in my brain where I was like on a space station for most, you know, the first eight months or many. still you yeah, know yeah. So it's like how do we like reflecting on that and where am i in the midst of it that's mm-hmm. i think i kind of lose that thread sometimes you know and so you you kind of find your way back
0: yeah i'm yeah. i'm really reminded of of burning man uh in what you just said because if if anybody listening has been to burning man they can definitely testify to this you'll never see everything there is to see and you'll never do everything there is to do and so it's really easy to sort of uh maybe spread yourself a little thin doing that because you know you're you're literally being I guess waterboarded is isn't the right word out there on the playa, but, uh, you're being like dust stormed with opportunities, you know, like it's just this crazy cloud of Mm -hmm. everything coming at you. And, um, yeah, that, I, I know that that's tough for me. Um, and I'm, I'm definitely not at the place that you are, you know, I haven't been painting for 20 years and I haven't been touring for 10, you know, like, and with all these connections that you've made, there must be someone kind of like tugging at your sleeve every day or every couple hours, even maybe. Um, do you, so this might dovetail nicely. What kind of, uh, routines do you have? Um, are you on a, what, what's your favorite way to wake up? I guess.
2: <laughs> mm that's a nice question what's your favorite way to wake up um I I like to not have to wake up before I feel like fully rested
3: yeah
1: of
2: course that's that's nice um I like to drink some lemon water warm le- lemon water um <laughs> warm and yeah or like like room, like, like, a, room temp. Kind of like a tea
0: okay okay gotcha okay
2: no, just like some fresh lemon, squeeze some lemon and then, you know, put a little hot water in
0: mm-hmm.
2: and, um, that's a nice way, like, uh, in, especially in the winter. And then, um, my mom really likes to do celery juice. Mm. I kind of dig that too. I'll do that sometimes. Celery juice. And then, um, you know, eventually some breakfast and, but, um, stretching is always a wonderful way, doing some yoga, doing a little routine. And I'll go through phases where I'll be more like dedicated to like a morning routine. Mm-hmm. Like I did quite a, I've, I go through phases of getting up at 6am and working out with some friends. Mm-hmm. Like we do this fitness for freaks like session <laughs>
1: Nice, and
2: that's pretty bomb, but I have to then go to bed, you know, before midnight to be able to feel like that's going to work for me. Right. And I I'm sometimes such a night owl, mm-hmm. but I do like, I, I mean to get the day started in that way feels really good also to like get straight into mails and getting some things out of the way right in the morning mm-hmm. um on my on my list and then to be able to really dive into the studio in the afternoon. That's a that that feels great. You yeah. Know? And to do that kind of cycle. Um but it depends. I've spent so much um, you know, my my world has been very flexible because of like living in different places and moving around quite a bit. Mm -hmm. So I'm also a pretty, and I'm pretty malleable in that way. Like, yeah. Yeah. So sticking with one routine and like eating a very limited diet or things like that, you know, I'll do something like that every now and then, but it's not a consistent thing.
0: Yeah. I'm definitely like the same way it'll, to me, it kind of all depends on how passionate I'm feeling about, whatever it is that i'm painting that day and then just situational things that come up like what needs handled what needs attention um but i i will say that like just taking a little bit of time in the morning i you know whatever it's for for me it's like it's either it's some combination of like exercise yoga and or meditation that really helps Mm -hmm. just like having this little bubble first thing in the morning to kind of like set your set your body and your mind on a path of like at least productivity and at least like feeling good and I think that like maybe our society or you know the like America uh, undervalues kind of like your mood someone's mood or someone's feeling how they feel, you know? And I think that that's actually one of the most important things as to how any particular day or situation is going to turn out.
2: Meditation, having those, um, setting aside time to do that daily is a, whenever you do it, it works fantastic. Yeah. You know, like, and so I'm, I'm, yeah. Reminded again. I'm excited for kind of like the winter and to settle into to um, my studio in Colorado and be um, like in that space again, you know, but mm-hmm. it's true. And I, I've been thinking about it lately. I, um, Alison Gray, she has a, she has a routine, you know, she, she practices the piano in the, in the morning, nice. you know, like every day as well, you know, as meditating, doing the inversion table. Um, you know, writing and, you know, all of these things are super inspiring. And I think any,
1: if,
2: if we just try it out for a little bit, you know, and, and then adopt it and get it into our, that's what yoga is for me Yeah, yeah. in many ways. And that just, um, helps ground me and center me in my body and in my, in my being. And then I feel much more like capable at, um, greeting meeting the day and doing the things that are sometimes like we just want to procrastinate you know like you get the you clear out the pipes
0: (laughs) totally yeah that's a great analogy i love that um so yeah i wanted to get to like in our little uh metaphorical language journey here we've we've covered the routine and now you're in front of the easel right um I'm I'm curious or at least I think my audience might be curious what is your process like for creating paintings what is the maybe the ratio or where do you fall in the spectrum between having something planned out or just freestyling something
2: well it depends kind of on the scenario mm-hmm. um of course. (laughs) Mm. And it, like my, a lot of paintings in the past um, decade plus, I'd say, including the two behind me, Mm -hmm. started as live performance paintings, doing live paintings. And um, those are often uh, pretty, pretty fueled by the moment. Mm -hmm. And, but I do have like a set of like very basic, like outlines that I start with, that I have actually, and it can be actually quite complex too, mm-hmm. not so, and sometimes I do have some drawings and sketches, but they're more so like in my field, like senses, and I kind of see them as little eggs, like little seeds that yeah. kind of float around me, They're they're symbols,
1: uh-huh. their
2: words, their colors, their moods, they're like notes, lots of notes and they all kind of are like around me and I don't let them get too close, but I keep them around me.
1: Mm-hmm. You know?
2: And then when the time comes to start, like I often end up with a blank slate, totally freaked out. feel like I have no idea what I'm no, doing. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll remember one thing. I'll remember, um, uh, a color, you know, and then it starts with one color. It starts with one brush. Mm-hmm. And it starts with one spot. And if I feel like it's important to measure, you know, say the middle of the canvas, because a lot of my pieces are kind of centered. Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's a center point in many of them. Yeah. Um, or any other kind of like things that I feel like I want to measure. And then I'll just go into this. It's almost like a feeling of of purging
1: mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: most of the time before before I start a painting. And then I just, it's like throwing yourself down the water slide. I haven't jumped out of an airplane yet, but. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. You know, jumping off of a cliff, you know, it's like that thing and then you're like in it and music is such a fueling um, motivator. Mm-hmm. Also people around that are just like, you know, watching and, you know, they're in this, they, they fall into the, into the maze, into the matrix yeah. of the thing. You know, and so this exploration is really fun for me. Um, But when I do commissions uh, that are that are more um, planned out ahead of time, uh, that's a that's a different story. But a lot of things I I do a lot of responding to what is and what's there. Um, And and then I have tools. I have a, a bag of tools of how to unpack it and and to reveal it you know and i have a system and that system no matter if i paint for an hour or days or months or years you know i follow that system
0: nice okay uh so you're talking about tools and so it occurs to me like when i look at your work a lot of it looks like it's sort of like this intuitive kind of flow that you have going on coupled with just like a very good eye and a very good like feel and maybe accumulated knowledge of how to create forms and how to make a good composition um Mm -hmm. and so i i don't know exactly how to articulate a question out of that but maybe like maybe you could talk about the importance of of study and and just learning how to create forms and just about art in general because there's kind of like the spectrum between like just pure figure drawing or or uh you know cheer oil painting to like worked out festival art that's really fun but you you know you can't really tell what's going on and i i think you found this nice happy medium so um yeah if you want to just talk about the importance Mm -hmm. of like learning
2: importance of learning um foundations Mm -hmm. you know like real base root um laws of nature Mm
1: -hmm.
2: (laughs) and that's really what it is that's all it is it's not actually that complicated Mm mm-hmm um, but it takes a kind of discipline, and um, uh, and it's nice to have a good guide,
1: mm-hmm. a good teacher, mm-hmm.
2: uh, to help um, help you see, to help you learn to see and to study, um, like to study the, the the laws of color and light, shadow and form in nature. You know, and I think there's been a, there was a big break in art history in, in kind of modern times where a kind of um, attention to developing skills of, of you know, <laughs> I guess real drawing and painting and um, kind of went into left like the fine art realm in many ways and went into illustration Mm -hmm. which is awesome but it's like the i think a lot of like painters and and um i've found have have missed out you know or missed out in um learning real skill sets
1: um
2: of drawing i mean i think the foundation of of drawing what you see is incredibly important yeah and learning the architecture and the complexity of form and you have to in many ways like detach yourself from your own interpretation to actually really see the thing and i think what's been so pushed is like your interpretation like we want to see your interpretation we don't want to see the thing you Mm -hmm. know as it is because we could just take a photograph of it right or it's like it's antiquated (laughs) antiquated (laughs)
3: antiquated yeah
2: yeah (laughs) (laughs) and um you know so but i think there's a revival of that because there's a a necessity mm-hmm. or a sense that that would be like a, a a there's a harmonics there yeah there's something about what the old masters figured out and knew that could really help us you know in exploring new vistas of the imagination yeah um And there's a harmonics, there's a harmonics, a balance, composition, you said it, you know, so I had the the privilege to really study with some artists and some, you know, work with uh, this, you know, great visionary mentor, Ernst Fuchs, right, um, for a decade, you know, and I was in my 20s while he was in his 70s. And, um, and, you know, I got to experience a lot of different projects and um, um, scenarios, you know, through his work that helped inform my hand and my eye, you know, My his son, Michael Fuchs was my first real teacher after Mm -hmm. Hikaru. Mm -hmm. And he was, um, you know, he really pointed me towards realism. Yeah. And to painting what I saw. And so that gave me the foundation and the confidence through the brush and the mixing of color and it's muscle memory, you know, it is. yeah. And that, you know, and you do more and more and more of that. And then you combine that with, uh, you know, your confidence of being able to choose color and, and, you know, define form. Uh, and then you translate that, then you push even further through that to what is it that you actually want to say? What is it that, you know, and that's a tricky kind of, phase for anyone to be kind of like well where am I in this right but I think that the foundation is incredibly important yeah and I think the more I see young artists and anyone take the time to do that their work becomes more powerful I agree but it doesn't have to be though Right. I mean, I right, see right. people that are not their their tendency is not towards drawing what they see. Their tendency is towards um you know reflecting a more abstract and, and uh, graphic in some ways, like
0: mm-hmm. realms
2: and mm-hmm. realities. And that's that's something that I am not as I mean, I, I have an abstraction in my work. Mm-hmm. There is an element of abstraction. Um but that's not really where I come from. Right. Yeah. You know, I come more from kind of like the realist naturalist or, um, entry, I guess mm-hmm. drawing what I see, you know, Totally. and that release into the field of to the, the, the plane of the field, you know, has really been, um, a, a further doorway for me because of that confidence, I think. Yeah. And understanding color and form and yeah a degree
0: yeah i think that like even if you're making abstract work um especially color light and shadow and and the basics of form are will just make it seem more real it's like something you know abstract if abstract art is something that you've never seen before and is purely imaginative then you can create a more, and maybe people don't want to do this now that I'm saying this out loud, but you can create a more believable abstraction if you know all those things, I feel like. Um, But I mean, maybe not either, you know?
2: Well, I think it's more than that. I think there's a, there's a, a transmission Mm. of, that can happen through the harmonics of of beauty, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is yeah, something that then if it works, you want to be around it. Mm-hmm. Right? It's a portal. If it doesn't work, that can also be intentional, but let it be intentional.
3: Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Like if it's like if it's supposed to make you um or uncomfortable, and and that was the intent, or uncomfortable, and that's the intention of the artist. Then that's a good thing. But I think a lot of people, you know, a lot of artists don't think that far. You know, Mm -hmm. they're fueled by also their uh, early in their in their journey. You know, Mm -hmm. they're fueled by an idea or a vision, but don't and, and and sometimes they get a little lazy. You know, it's like you see, and I'm talking to you out there, you know, it's <laughs> like you see that, you see that work yeah. that is sitting on your easel, and you're kind of like, you know, there's parts of it that you feel good about. There's parts that you don't feel so good about, but you kind of like keep ignoring and keep ignoring. It's like, oh, the hands look weird, but whatever, you know, yeah, whatever. You're like, you know, and- but there's things like, <laughs> Yeah, it's like you gotta if you if you keep seeing that you gotta do something about it.
0: Yeah, yeah. You can't I mean, just be like, oh Picasso's hands were weird too, you know. Um, Yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, it's, it, it's funny. I feel that. It's funny you yeah. say that, that, since we're kind of in this realm of talking about the work and the process, and and you mentioned live painting a little bit ago. I started this painting about a month ago at a live event. It was kind of like an, you know, six to eight hour day there. It was outside. It was really fun. And it was just, it was very like loose and like sort of just, I was being real loose with it. I wasn't trying to be illustrative or anything. And this couple came up and they, you know, they were like, how much? And I was like, ah, it's not done. You know, like, I'm just kind of yeah. just kind of messing around
2: mm-hmm. and
0: uh and how much of this do i disclose without sounding weird anyway i guess you know they ended up offering me like a decent amount of money for it that i'm in hindsight the very next day i was like i should have took taken that um but now i've totally like transformed this painting and it's like a lot of work but it's going to be A different kind of cool thing than it was in just one day and Mm -hmm. I think in the end I'll feel okay about it but it's in that awkward middle teenage year stage of of development where I'm sort of hammering not hammering but like figuring things out you know putting in um, compositional elements and perspective and you know, mixing the colors. Oh, I wanted to ask you too, do you do you mix your acrylics? I know that you do mish technique um primarily still, I'm imagining. Yeah. I've I've started mixing my colors lately. But like I think that's more of an oil thing. Um
2: What do you mean mixing them? Well
0: like um Like
2: while while you're painting, like you have multiple colors out on your palette
0: and like with a palette. Them. Like like a traditional oil painter would, but I'm like Mm -hmm. spraying and like mixing. And, um,
2: when I paint an acrylic, like direct, say a portrait of somebody or something where I have like a pretty full palette of color that I'm drawing (laughs) on, Mm -hmm. I like to use a stay wet palette that has like, you know, it's, it keeps the acrylic and I use the, um, fluid golden acrylics as my favorite yeah and um i don't use a retarder i don't use um i i try sometimes i tried it but it just doesn't it doesn't work for me because it doesn't make it actually really like oil Ugh. yeah but i'll, I'll use a uh, sometimes a varnish in there too um like a satin varnish if i want it for a glaze but when i'm painting directly with the with the acrylic i'll definitely blend that way but I, I i very much like if i'm live painting for an example yeah, yeah i'll I'll work just with one color at a time and i kind of and that's a way to keep the harmonics of the piece yeah, yeah, yeah. really kind of like balanced you know you right know what i'm talking about yeah for sure but i do i'll do it in acrylic too it's just it's just not as it's not as fun as an oil
0: mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: <laughs> i'll say that much yes yeah,
0: so is oil like your preferred medium then
2: it depends on the scenario. Yeah. I mean, I very much like the, how quick acrylics will dry. Yeah. Um, and you know, it depends on the scenario. I just, um, did a big live piece, uh, in Brooklyn actually, uh, and the whole five by five feet. Mm-hmm. I knew I had one night and the next day to kind of come in and kind of like fix it up and it's a painting that's going to stay in this place so it's pretty much a commission
1: mm-hmm. it
2: may end up uh, we'll, we'll see what actually happens with it but it was very much inspired by and um this location Gaia mm. Nomaya in Brooklyn that mm. just opened and um so any but this I could have never done that piece in oil in that amount of time um and I also knowing that I was going to be it was going to stay there like i wasn't going to be taking it with me
1: mm-hmm.
2: also put me in a different state of of attention
1: you yeah, know yeah, like yeah. if
2: i like in your scenario you know where you started this piece you spent six to eight hours and you don't have like a necessary plan that it's going to be finished by that night and going to be auctioned off or yeah, you know, yeah. you're not going to touch it again you would treat it in a much different way and i've done this many times with paintings where they don't have a specific goal you know at yeah, the yeah. inception right and so you can finish that session and be like dude this painting could be done for now right mm-hmm. and i i think a goal would be that almost every session you go into you you see this painting could be done for now oh i mean yeah. not always but it's something you never know when you're actually gonna stop Right, or sometimes yeah. you do, but like, if you can leave the painting in the state, it could be done for now, like after a significant ses- session.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, that's a nice goal to have, because another person is going to come and see what you've done and is never going to has no idea what else you would possibly do to it.
3: Right.
1: Like,
2: <laughs> unless you painted one hand and you didn't paint the other.
1: Gotcha, and you could yeah, yeah. you
2: saw the outline. Then somebody would be like, "Oh, yeah, you didn't paint that hand." Or yeah, something.
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. But
2: otherwise, nobody
3: knows. Yeah,
2: you know. So it's like, and if somebody comes and offers you a significant, a, a significant amount of money for a live painting, that's something that really to consider. Yeah. you know, like. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and I I can see <laughs> having considered it, you're like, well, now it's going to become something even more, which is true, and that's amazing. Right, right. But as for all you live painters out there, yeah, you know, consider that, and and also, if you want that, if you want people to buy your piece, you know, there at the at the thing, like, prepare yourself for it. Right and prepare others. Right, you know, and be like, "This is my goal." Even write it out in your little book, or your, thing, you know, it's like, yeah, "This yeah. is what I want to do." and This is how much. Right. Yeah. Know how much like a live piece in that time is going to cost.
0: Yeah. The thing was, it you was know? like it was pretty big, you know. I it's yeah. um, I think it's like fifty fifty two by thirty six or something like that. Nice. Um, mm-hmm. and I started blank, and I think that was like the appeal for them um they just didn't really like if the price had been higher honestly i probably have been like yeah okay (laughs) Mm -hmm. but then Mm -hmm. um i got home the next day and i was like man it would have been nice just to kind of like let that one go in a way Mm -hmm. so you know it's it's one of those like artist conundrum things that uh that you can butt up against as a live painter
2: I have some, there's a, there's a live painting that I sold earlier this year that, um, was the last one that I did at Burning Man with mm. gold cap 2019 Nice. and it was the people that bought it, you know, watched it come into being and they were just like, and that was one of the pieces that like, when I finished, finished it, I was like, okay, I'm not going to touch it. And I was so close to like wanting, touching it again, because I, I yeah, <laughs> you
1: know, yeah. there's
2: a lot of things about it that happened in three hours. And it was like a 36 by 48 canvas. yeah. yeah. started from like just a, a progression of color wash, you know, Yeah. but I really wanted to keep painting on it. But they really they, they were like, no, leave it, please. Because, you know, this is kind of the energy of that moment. Yeah. You know, so there's something to preserving that. But one thing that is major with that is that say you like made this transaction with those folks and they walked away with the painting. You know what about getting a really good photograph
3: yeah
1: that's so
2: important for the records for all of for all of us and i also want to speak to not just good records of photographs but good records of where your original work lives Mm -hmm. and your connection with the the where your original work lives you Mm -hmm. know with those people and then also you know contracts certificates of authenticity like taking your work really seriously yeah, you know, is something that I'm actually like I'm deep enough. I should already be so solid in these things, right. But I'm revisiting mm-hmm. and upping my operations mm-hmm. because of how how important that really is, you know, in the big picture, big long picture to circle back to, you know the end, the end, but <laughs> we all go back to that like center, yeah, center of um of time, you know, and like we leave a legacy as artists, yeah. you know, we, we leave a trail, you know? Yeah. What do you, what do you envision for that trail? You know, it's like, where do you, where is it going to, how, how does it live on? What permission are you giving it? What attention are you giving it?
0: Right. Right. That's mm-hmm. very important. I mean, you know, I think we live in the age of like self-documentation now, although a lot of it, I feel like if, if, if I'm anything like Everybody else, and I know that I am. I feel like that a lot of the self-documentation actually lives somewhere on the cloud, you know,
1: mm-hmm.
0: which may or may not be the safest place for it, you know. Um, yeah, there's, and you you brought up certificate of authenticity, um, which made me think immediately of NFTs, uh, mm-hmm. of course uh are you have you have you explored that at all
2: yeah oh i still have not released one but i have uh, multiple projects that have you know that were started even a while ago but have not been released yet Mm -hmm. it's like a kind of the overwhelming nft knockout (laughs) (laughs) of like this past year, you know, I dipped my toes in a couple of times, but then, you know, it was just not right scenarios yet for me. But yeah, yeah. I think all this strategy around it and, the, you know, there's so many options. Yeah. And that's kind of been overwhelming. Um, I very much am interested and I see the great value in this um, opportunity for artists and for really visionary projects Mm-hmm. um to to connect to people that are interested in helping fund them
0: like, right exactly that's
2: really what i'm interested in um nfts for in many ways it's like yeah you know it could sell an original painting and that and and prints from it um but to really build something significant or to fund a project you know you need significant funding yeah and i think the nfts um is a, is a world that can really, I hope continue to flourish and help that transference, um, of funds, Yeah. you know, to support artists that have, have, you know, great visions and plans building land-based projects, Mm -hmm. you know, really nurturing, building institutions, schools of, you know, new decentralized experimentation. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think, I think that it's it's a super exciting space. I got a little bit overwhelmed with it in the spring. Um, yeah, you know, I was on Clubhouse. That's where all that stuff was like kind of blowing up and, and being talked about, which I thought that was a pretty cool app. Um, I'm kind of it is I'm, definitely yeah yeah. I like the fact that you're hearing someone's voice. You know, I think that that's super important, but. Um, yeah, I kind of, I kind of lost interest, I guess, or I just, maybe I got, maybe some would think that I got distracted from, f- from that. Cause I mean, I do see it as kind of like the new wave for lack of a better term, but, um, yeah, I've kind of, I've kind of s- stepped back from all that, but now I'm like, I should you know branch out into that and i think it's it's a good investment of your time and energy and you know just doing it doing it right and treating it like you would any other piece of art like taking the time to make something unique and cool and that speaks
2: totally yeah speaks something unique i feel like there's also a, um there's uh it scares me too, in a way, for this direction uh, and so much investment in the further investment kind of in the intangible.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> in a way, like right. in the digital, there's like, you know, in the whole meta, you know, world that Facebook is turning into and all the things that are ahead of us, like, you know, in selling things, creating real estate and galleries and places in the meta metaverse, mm-hmm. you know, like this is the future in many ways, you know, selling clothes for the avatars online.
1: Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and I don't
2: want to like, I, I don't have much of a window into it. I know that it's happening. Um, mm-hmm. And I think there's much good, you know, in many ways through these developments of technology, but there's also a real, you know, you playing more and more, with the edge of also <laughs> what makes us maybe unique and human yeah. in certain ways. And I, I hope and I pray that this can be the technology and this form and the blockchain and everything can help turn the ship, yeah, you know, away from, like, the big, like, over, overly, like, powerful corporations and um, nations in a sense to more of like a decentralized holistic, um, form. But I, I'm, I'm, I'm at the same time quite concerned, right? Is yeah. this a direction the further we go down this path, are we, are we, is it a good thing? But I, I'm, I'm open, you know? Mm-hmm. And I hope that, yeah, I I know of quite a few good people in this sphere, you know, that I feel like are, um, you know, have the, have a similar um, vision of the future in mind.
0: Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, I think some pros about it might be that um, if we, as like, as a whole world or as just like a whole planet, um, a, a bit of de-emphasis on physical material things except for paintings of course um (laughs) uh, but you know you know what i mean like maybe um diamonds mine from sierra leone won't be as valuable as a board ape or whatever or a crypto punk you know and this sort of de-emphasis on um yeah on on physical goods might be a good thing but i do see the Mm. I just talked about this in my last podcast, um, but the the whole like uh, alone but online with everybody is kind of messed up. And I mean, it's I, I realize the irony of me saying that while we're on a Zoom call here, but there's there's something unique about uh about being in the same room with uh, a person or a group of people that just something new comes out of that there's some sort of like you know pheromonal whatever uh unspoken unconscious fields that we're all interacting with when two physical brains and bodies are next to each other and i yeah i think that losing that completely would would definitely be like a negative thing but uh yeah i haven't really gone over the whole pros and cons list of all the you know possible virtual reality things but but those are two that come to mind right now um,
2: mm-hmm. but yeah i mean i see i see that so much but I also think that what we're going through right now is a reconfiguration mm. and the pandemic and the global situation has kind of like really fueled the um this kind of isolation and at the same time like um articulation i think of of you know people slowing down enough to really focus also maybe on some of the things that they had been intending to or wanting to and building community mm-hmm. online yeah is actually like a real opportunity to cuz that there will be i mean i see another other is coming where there will be a new kind of migration in many ways, you know? Mm. And so maybe through some of this this opportunity of being able to connect online, this is what happened over the past, you know, year and a half with the vision train. Yeah, You know, there's been people that have made true, real connections that have been incredibly valuable to them in this time of isolation, you know, in opening and empowering themselves through these relationships. And of course, they're not in the same room together, but there's still something... That is um, being evoked
1: mm-hmm. through
2: this ability to be t- alone together mm-hmm. in a way, you yeah, know.
1: Yeah.
2: So, I mean, I see an incredibly like hopeful, um, like perspective, yeah. Uh, when it comes to this, but at the same time, it's like there's a deep need for for the physical embodiment you know and and sharing those eons you know like yeah, yeah. through the air uh, the good ones <laughs> yeah, yeah um but you know it's it's gonna come again but this is an opportunity for us to um to connect to much more than we were able to connect to before
0: yeah for sure you know yeah that's definitely that's definitely a plus for sure being able to connect to a random person halfway across the globe is, is for sure a good thing. I'd agree with that for hundred um, percent. So this is kind of in the same realm, but I would kind of want to pivot to um, the business side of being an artist. Um, do you have any like uh, best practices for navigating the, the business half or the business facet of, of making a, a living as an artist?
2: Hmm. Well, I mean, I, I've never done anything else <laughs> <laughs> besides make a living as an artist. Yeah. Um, and so it's been like a, and I've, it's been very project based, you know, when I was younger, it was like, you know, I'd come up with an idea mm-hmm. and hope that it worked um, you know, I did boutique. Uh, I did portraiture, you know, I, I think a very important thing for the to, is to be somewhat um, not multidisciplinary, but to have like not put all your eggs in one basket
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, in terms of like ex- expecting uh, for like your your heart work, you know, your core the to to sell when you need it to sell, mm-hmm. you know, you should have some other, it's, it, it's good to have other little jobs too. Yeah.
3: Yeah, you
2: know? yeah. And, and to, and also to make that, um, to make a graceful transition, if that's what you want to do, if you want to make money from your art, because I think that a lot of people, um, uh, romanticize it. Mm-hmm. And when I don't, when I think it's, it can be very constricting, also for many people um to have to have the pressure of making money through their art it's just something that kind of like happened to me it evolved simultaneously yeah yeah you know and i've i've i didn't really approach it from a real business development perspective because i didn't also have the training or or experience i just kind of kept um making goals and meeting them finding a way, you know, Mm -hmm. and following through. And I was an assistant for quite a few years for an artist. Right. But I didn't, um, have any other kind of job besides my own, like, um, (laughs) my own kind of crap shoots too, of (laughs) kind of like what's going to work, you know, maybe this will work, maybe that'll work. But I think it's like really important to have, um, yeah. To be, to be gentle and, and, and prepared to not start, um, and, and kind of jump into, Oh, I'm going to be an artist too soon. Yeah, I see that way too often. Too many young people that kind of jump into that where I think, um, they're, they, they could easily, they're not building enough of a foundation yeah. to really then be able to succeed over a long period of time because you can burn yourself out so fast yeah yeah you know and you you, a lot of your expectations or needs and desires you know you don't get the response that you you would hope for Mm -hmm. you know it's like there's so much opportunity so many um ways that we can share our work now Mm. right Mm -hmm. you can immediately make a website you got an instagram you got all this you know and you you know i think it's Yeah. So I don't know if that helps. <laughs> I mean, I, I, yeah. I don't want to, you know, I hats off to everybody that is like excited and inspired mm-hmm. in that route. But I think, you know, uh, I, I, I suggest too not even like your first, like 10 paintings, first 20 paintings.
0: Don't show it. Like that's your,
2: <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah i mean and 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 work towards like a show, yeah, yeah, you know, depending where if you're taking yourself seriously, you know work towards building up at least ten paintings, yeah that are finished before you go into trying to sell your work, because you know you're also your first your first patrons are gonna be your friends and family,
0: yeah, right? and that's right.
2: awesome, but that's a bit of a false um uh it, it it it's a bit of a false like I don't want to say recognition, but it you, to really be then successful in the bigger scope. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And it's a and they're also going to be more just supportive and to love everything. Right, right, right. Than to be critical. Right. You know, and, and it's hard to get yourself into that uh, it's a sensitive thing to get yourself into that kind of like a scenario where, but when you start reaching out to galleries or doing stuff like that, I mean, you're going to get a response.
0: Yeah. 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 You know, It's, yeah. I think it's good to, to get some critical response early. mm -hmm. Um, yeah. I, I've said this many times on the podcast, but I quit my job way too early actually. And, um, it was for a good cause. I, uh, Um, it was actually when I came out to Italy, um, I was like, Hey, this is cool. Right. And they're like, no. And I was like, okay, (laughs) peace. And, uh, I had some money saved up, but then I came back just, um, a little bit, mm, what would I say? Just oblivious. I think to how things really worked. I'm like all right, I'll just go to festivals and sell my work there. And um, I didn't realize how how early I was and how not great my art was. I, w- I had that, uh, what's the, is it Schadenfreude or uh, Dunning-Kruger where you just have like unstoppable confidence, but you're just like, not that great. It's like... Which is, I think, a very valuable thing to have in the beginning. Um, But it's, at the same time, good to have some critical eyes looking at your stuff, right? And if you, you know, you don't want your friends, after a while, your friends and family buying your artwork, you're just like, um, (laughs) you know, it'd be nice if a stranger came along and was like, really moved or, or, you know, touched enough to to mm-hmm. throw down that amount of money for your stuff. And um so yeah, basically I'm I'm agreeing with you. Uh long story short here. <laughs> um, well,
2: this is good time. What year was it that you came to Italy?
0: 2013 I had been painting for less than 2 full years at that point.
2: <laughs> oh my gosh, I so remember that and I remember like I, I mean, really, when we were pr- preparing for this conversation or just kind of watching what you've been doing with with the with the podcast and
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, I've reflected a little bit, you know, and looked at some of your work. I mean, I've seen it over the years, right? Mm. But you're one of the ones that didn't stop. Yeah. You know, like that was a big deal. <laughs> that was a big opening for you when you came to Italy and you that kind of like, almost like that naïve, zealous kind of like you know was a real gift for you i think so and i'm and i'm glad that you didn't stop because your work has continued to really refine be refined you know and you've earned more and more and that's what happens yeah you have to earn it yeah you you don't just get it handed to you
0: right there's no shortcuts
2: no and i may have like kind of shown up i I, I, sh- I showed up in like the kind of the the us scene, visionary art scene, mm-hmm. festival world. like it was two thousand seven, eight, nine is when that that started to happen for me, but I'd already had a decade before of like a decade of of painting every day, yeah, classical training and mm-hmm. all kinds of other stuff, you know. and so it my work changed. But it's like having been in the field and committed to your work, it takes time. Yes. And so this is where like, it, and you're basically starting a new business, you know? Oh, yeah. Which, and,
0: which, by the way, I had no, I was just like, I'll paint, I'll sell my work, who cares? And it's like so mm-hmm. much more compli- uh, complicated than that, you know?
2: Yeah. And and that's where it's like, don't feel the pressure and like you have to turn your art into a business.
1: Yeah, like, that's important. I think it's a
2: better it's very important. I think it's really important to have multiple skills, especially yeah. to n- nowadays, and to see ourselves as artists mm-hmm. in everything we do.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's
2: not just your painting that defines you or your poetry or your, you know, it's your life. Like you are an artist, and that's one thing that you said before, seeing that everybody is an artist. Thank you, Bob Ross. Yeah. He's also one of those like great, you know, <laughs> like leaders yeah. in in our con- modern world of like you know really like supporting people and encouraging people to explore their artistry that they're artists too, mm-hmm. you know. So like having other ways that you express yourself, yeah, um, and that you can also make money in can relieve that pressure from making the money directly from making paintings and prints and selling them. Yeah. You know, and and don't be too pleased with yourself.
0: Ooh, yeah, that's a good one.
2: And be careful <laughs> to not be too critical too, you know, because then you won't do anything.
0: Yeah, it's right? such a it's a fine line for sure.
2: It's a fine line, but it's something like a a healthy dose of 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 both is what we need, you know, and yeah. we need to like ride in that wave of 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 constant like Critic- critical critical self mm-hmm. critical like i and also like um encouragement and like ac- alkalades you know like yeah,
0: yeah 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 it's funny because like um i think social media is both you know both positively and negatively uh gives you a distorted picture of what mm-hmm. you're creating like where it actually falls on on how people think about it like cuz you know we take one or two negative comments and just like fixate on those and you may you may think about them all day but then the opposite side of that is just you're again like your friends and family just gassing mm-hmm. you up with all this love because they're like oh my gosh you're do for you know for me it was like you're doing something <laughs> you know and so yeah it's it's a funny it's a funny thing to think about um but I wanted to dovetail this into your your teaching career because you also teach and that's why I was in Italy it was you and Mora, Holden and Lawrence Caruana and Andrew Gonzalez and um and an awesome crew there um that year. That's where I met my bud, Martin Cash, shouts, shouts to Martin and, and, uh, Simon. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah. So, um, by the way, I remember like, this is, this is just something that made me smile thinking about it. Um, I was doing three paintings and one of them was one of your portraits and I had never really tried portraits like i didn't know loomis method i didn't know what i was doing and you would just kind of gently come around and i think this is like i haven't met a ton of teachers but i think that you might be the best one that i've interacted with because you have this way Mm -hmm. of like speaking to everybody individually and like you looked at my portrait. And you were kind of like, the nose is a little too long. Do you see that? And then like, you would, you would pay, you would, you would actually eviscerate it, but in such a nice way that it wasn't like, (laughs) it wasn't like too discouraging. Um, so how do you do that?
2: (laughs) Ah, that's so sweet. That's so sweet. Um. Yeah, that is some kind of little gift that I have and that I've, that I enjoy Mm -hmm. the exchange with um, one on one, you know, with someone. And the self portrait has been such a great tool for that. Mm -hmm. Um, And the ability or, you know, the encouragement is like, you're doing great and try this. Yeah. You know, I mean, is like, I've never had to really, Maybe think about it too much, mm-hmm. It's kind of just been a natural um, flow for me, yeah, but um, I've learned together with everybody that's ever come to study with me, right um, very vulnerably, I feel like, and I feel like when I go into the teaching um, role whenever, every time that I do it i I have an overwhelming sense of fear. <laughs> you know, that I'm able, that, that I have anything to share with
3: anybody. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then it's kind of like in based on kind of the formula that I've found works for me. And then like, you know, really looking at each person that comes and their struggle and their situation and finding a little, all you've got to do is find one thing. And then you kind of like go down that path together and having something to reference like the self-portrait yeah, yeah, yeah. to look at together, we can calibrate. You yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. And so that's that's been like an incredible teaching tool. And I mean these workshops, I started really teaching in Italy. I think it was maybe twenty eleven,
1: mm-hmm.
2: maybe or twenty ten. Twenty ten. And um, that was, you know, it was Lawrence that threw me into that. Yeah. Children And I'd already been, I'd already taught, had some private students,
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, in Vienna. I had a student that worked with me for like a year
1: mm-hmm. and,
2: um, that, but I had never done workshops, but I had the experience through going to some workshops with Phil Jacobson and Michael Fuchs. And, you know, you just go in and you jump in and say like, okay, what are we going to do? And how, what's, what's, what's the medicine, what's the solution for you and for you and for you. And, and for, to figure that out is like a detective game. Yeah. You know, and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. I haven't made too many people cry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think. But, you know, because of, uh, you know, their piece getting destroyed. But there's been moments. I mean, I've definitely cried. Yeah. Where it's it, it's an intense thing to get in the midst to, to help somebody push through and and to discover you know their themselves with the self-portrait you know
0: yeah yeah that's i mean i think that's that that's a crazy crazy cool skill to have is to be able to teach um and like i said you i mean you nailed it uh in my experience um it's Mm -hmm. like it's uh, it's kind of like you you put the, the criticism in the middle of the sandwich. And then on either end is like (laughs) some nice things, some banter, you know? Um, but yeah. Um, are you, so were you teaching on the vision train on that, that 24 hour, uh, art jam, global art jam you guys were doing?
2: Well, it's, um, it's definitely all a, it's an experimental station mm-hmm. It's the international creative space station where <laughs> all kinds of things happen uh-huh. yes yeah. in the creative field i mean it was like a studio that we opened
1: mm-hmm. i
2: had this impulse and i've been thinking about it for years actually knowing that the technology was out there that we could get together online yeah um and have an art jam and because i have students all over the world because i've taught all over the world mm-hmm. as well and um knowing that that was possible i was kind of like okay when the pandemic hit, there was a very clear thing that started like pulsing through me. Like this has got to happen now. Yeah. And um, so I merged all my Facebook groups from different workshops for years. And so there was like 300 plus people in those groups. And I'm sure there was some that I missed because we didn't have Facebook groups, but we pulled that together. That was the invitation. Come, guys! You've heard me talk about this many times. Let's get together and practice yeah. our work. Like you've learned the skills, you just got to practice now, and we can support each other in this environment. So it is a like it's an environment of of education. Yeah. So we would have Skillshare share sessions. We'd have interviews. We, you know, we had a schedule that was released like twenty four seven for eight months straight. Yeah. Alicia, the Sacred Heart, she stepped up and she's like, I'll do the scheduling. You know, we mm. trained conductors from all over the world to like host, you know, carry out a trip, like, mm. be the, you know, and they could plan different things yeah. during that time. And so it's still happening. It's still running. The train's happening. Go to visiontrain.org. And if you want to jump on board, it's a Zoom call. Right. And yeah. it's a but it's and sometimes there won't be anybody there right now. Kind of renegade train at times. Yeah. Yeah. But it's something we're going to start programming it again in a little bit of more. I mean, I'm going to start like a a regular series on there again. I haven't. I took a break because I had some big shows to Mm -hmm. finish work for. But um, in the workshops, I started. I took did my first online workshop in 2020, summer 2020, as a response to the my work spring seminar in Italy that was fully booked being canceled. Yeah. Yeah. And um, also the Vienna Academy of Visionary Art having to close yeah. in the spring of 2020. And so I was in a position to kind of take things online
3: mm-hmm.
2: and uh, didn't know what I was doing. But that's classic me. I'm like, we'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, had an incredible group. You know, I used, my, I'm used to teaching in person 20, 20 at once. Yeah. But in that first uh, online workshop, we had 160 60 people join. And that was incredible. I never had the yeah. opportunity to do something like that. And then we did one more in the fall, like a year ago, mm-hmm. Reflections. And we had, I think 120 people for that. I mean, I, we're still learning, you know, and we've been facilitating, been facilitating workshops, um, together with my crew, like Alicia and Yasmin, with Michael Fuchs. There's been a second seminar that's just coming to a close now
1: mm-hmm. with my teacher. Mm -hmm. So we've
2: been able to enable him and kind of give back through helping him bring his teaching online. And, you know, what's next? I mean, that's a big thing. I'm going to definitely do more online teaching, but I'm looking forward to in-person teaching again, but I'm also still like a little hesitant to plan things at the moment. Yeah. um, Because I need to, Close out some stuff and organize operations in in my own world, so that I can be a really effective teacher. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like teaching ten years straight, and just kind of going like I'd always go back to the same places in many yeah, yeah. ways because it was awesome <laughs> teaching in eco villages all over the world. You know,
3: yeah.
2: And um, but it's time been good now for me to take a pause and consider what's real, what's really next, and what formats and. Sweet. it's gonna be fun
0: yeah 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 i hopped on a couple of those uh a couple of those vision trains they were really fun especially i think i was mostly there in the spring summer of 2020 the few times mm-hmm. that i got on and i found it really important that that was happening um and there are other kind of things like it like you know people would stream uh music and um and things like that, but, but, you know, if you were in those first, you know, that first month or so, everybody was like, we were totally clueless of how this thing was, uh, progressing in terms of, you know, uh, spreading, I guess. And every, you just didn't see anyone, period. You know, you went to the yeah. grocery store, you get masked up, whatever. But, you know, I missed painting with my friends, which was something that you know you you do if if you have other painter friends that live near you and that was a nice a very nice like um surrogate thing to to have to have in place there um yeah so yeah I wanted to kind of I know we touched on that in the very beginning but for people who don't know what that is um vision train shouts to the vision yeah train.
2: we're just getting started you know it yeah. like there's so much that It still hasn't come into form that, that we've envisioned in the past year and a half. And I really see the track, the educational track really developing, you know? So in, in the sense, so there's the, there's the nonstop art jam, like Mm -hmm. that will always be there. Yeah. But there being more tracks for, you know, planned things that are paid and unpaid, you know, the paid and free, you know, in a sense. Right. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. But that platform, like I really see, um, I'm interested in, in contributing to the development of the, um, you know, visionary art culture
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, worldwide, you know, and, and empowering artists and creators to really, um, you know, go deeper into their craft, create the best work they ever have and support each other. Like let's
1: collaborate yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: instead of compete, you know, and, and, I mean, who else is going to do it? I mean, hopefully others and we'll connect with them too, you know, but we got to put ourselves out there. Yeah. And I, I'm, I mean, anybody that wants to get involved is curious, like, please reach out. Like I see another wave, you know, another swell is coming now out of this, um, um, you know, (laughs) as, as we continue. (laughs) Right. So it's like, how can we, I'm interested in networking. I'm interested in connecting the dots, building maps, uh, resources. And, um, you know, we all have different skills, a bag of skills. Yep. Like what are your skills? We need everybody all hands on deck.
0: Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, this is, I've been saying this about podcasts too. Like, um, starting this podcast, I'm kind of the only one in our, our scene or our community, who's doing like an art podcast. I mean, I guess Mr. Bill has his own thing, but he's like a musician. Um, but I look at LA and the comedy world in LA and they, all these comedians started podcasts and they're always on each other's shows, just kind of, you know, it's like a, a cyclical promotional, uh, you know, supportive kind of uh, infrastructure there. Um, but one thing that really inspires me is, is watching people collaborate. And Mm -hmm. even if it's, if it's just on a painting, that's great, but paintings and, and smaller collaborations like that can lead to larger things. And, um, you know, maybe like community centers or something like that. Um, Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, Amanda, I, this was really great talking to you. We're almost at two hours here. Um and
2: my headphones just died. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> oh, perfect. Perfect timing. That's good. Um
2: on that note, yeah. Community centers, you know, and yeah. places of gathering, of connecting. Um this is what's ahead, you know. And there's people that are investing into their local communities more than ever because of the pandemic, too. Mm-hmm. And at the same time as we connect globally, we connect locally, and we, you know, are preparing and and creating places of 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 gathering, of learning, mm-hmm. of education. I've been hearing more and more people talk about this. And I'm so interested to also come visit these places and also connect them into the train. These are the train stations. Right? Yeah. 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 And I feel like they can be virtual. They can be physical, you know, but as we build this network of uh, and it's there, it's already there. There's so many places that already exist and that are coming into being that, um, you know, it'd be great to know about each other. Yeah. So I'm interested in who's making the maps, merging Mm -hmm. the maps, connecting to the maps and building on them. You know, that's, uh, I think, um, a great resource for all of us.
0: Yeah. Super important
2: to encourage, you know, to encourage the work and to remember, you know, it's a multifaceted role that we play as artists now, you know, yeah, it's as much as the, the painting in many ways, if that's your medium, that's your flag, right. Right. And that needs to be, you know, it's articulate of your inner (laughs) world, right. Of your voice and of what you want to share. Uh, and your life also needs to reflect that you know? And so the more we become transparent in a, in a way of our, of our process, it's going to help more people to also do that, you know, and realize that alone, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, so do you have any, any parting advice for younger artists? Um, as, as we uh, wrap up here, I know you've, you've dropped plenty already. But uh, anything just to, to tie a nice little bow on it all?
2: Don't kill yourself. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. Literally, you know, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's, it's a hard, it's a tough reality that we're in right now and world to look forward and to see, find your place. Um, know that there are others out there and that you're important and that your work is important and your stepping up to the plate of your creativity and asking the questions, you know, is helping others. Um, also, exposing that, you know, sharing yeah. that. It's like, your voice matters. And we're in a realm and a time when we can do that. So I, um, I encourage you, and I support you, and I love you. And I hope that you, um, you know, find good community and continue to to also give of yourself you know find out where you how you can be best of service and listen you know find times to to be quiet and listen and and um yeah have a good practice yeah. do the work yes show up show up to your canvas
0: <laughs> yes well thank you so much Amanda Those were uh, beautiful parting words. And um, yeah, thank you, everybody, for listening. And we'll see you next time.
2: Yeah, thank you, Andrew. You're amazing.
0: You are too. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you again for listening to another episode of RTAF Podcast. If you are interested in supporting the Patreon, that address is patreon.com slash RTAF podcast. And I want to thank all my patrons. You guys keep this engine running. I couldn't do it without you. Go over there and check out the tiers I have available. It includes video, uh, guest suggestions, uh, patron only posts, and some merchandise. Thank you again for listening. Please rate, review, subscribe, do all those little things that help get RTAF into the consciousness of more and more people Shh, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. yeah.